Before we begin, it should be noted that this podcast is recorded in a house with animals. There are two dogs and a small cat in the room with us right now. Roaming around restlessly. Restlessly. Well, Ernie's settling down. Ernie is just so regal when he when he settles down like that. Yes, I'm talking about you, buddy. You look like the saddest sphinx in the world, he Ernie. does. But noble. Noble in his sadness. Okay, so the other thing to mention is that we swear a lot. It's true. And as part of that, I have to put in a content warning that we are going to swear a lot. Or the chances are good we're going to swear a lot. And you should consider this PG-13... Uh, parental guidance. We're not going to do anything explicit, but I have to mark it as explicit because none of the podcast aggregator things have like a PG-13. It's all clean or explicit, so better safe than sorry. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 63. Woo! A little later on, we will have a um, revisit with my friend Dylan Wilbanks, who I interviewed about this time last year. And... I was really interested to talk to him because his life situation changed a little bit. He got a new job. You know, I wanted to see how things had changed. Absolutely. And it's always a great discussion. And I always enjoy talking to Dylan. I think you actually had to literally pull me away from it at the end. Uh, yes. Yes. That was... We were about Thursday to, night as we were getting ready for the hurricane. Right. And yeah. I was like, dear, your chickens are out in the cold and the wet. It wasn't cold, but it was wet. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the chickens, they survived the hurricane just fine. For those who haven't been following on Twitter, they spent three days or so locked in the garage in pens with all the things chickens need. They were not happy about this in the least. They were distinctly indignant. There was crowing. There, Yes. uh, Dotson has really started to embrace his crowing. And so there's that. Strong independent chicken made a break for it at one point. Keystone cops scene as Kevin chased her through the... Not really through, just sort of around the cages, back and forth a couple times, but I'd get her cornered, and she'd be like, oh no, and she'd just sort of hop up and run the other way, and eventually, you know, I got her back in, I had to have you, help... You caught her, but you couldn't open the cage door. No, because that meant using one of the hands that was holding her. And the moment I let go, she was going to go again. Kevin was banging on the garage door with his shoulder, I believe, to summon me. Actually, it was my knee. So that I could open the door for him and put the chicken away. So I could put the chicken away, yeah. They're back outside now and very happy to be so. We have survived the inclement weather uh, with flying colors. Our refrigerator did not. I'm not sure if, like, the constant power flux or something borked it or what, but it was just like, nope, I've decided I'm not a refrigerator anymore. Yeah. It's one of the one of those things that happens. The We bought a floor model used, I want to say, eight years ago. Yeah. Something ridiculous like that. And so it, I guess it was time. Its warranty was up five years ago, if not more. Yeah. So there was that. And that's the sort of thing that... The sort of unexpected thing that often you're really glad happens on a weekend because then it doesn't impact your like weekday productivity. You don't exactly have a weekday for productivity to work with. Well, I I don't make myself right on weekends, Mm -hmm. although I still do frequently. Yes, I uh, no, I I have I have to write at least 
four of the weekdays unless there are extraneous circumstances. Right. But as I'm starting to get to the end of this book, I am kind of careening madly towards <coughs> the finish line, particularly since I've gotten word that I may actually be able to publish it this fall, which I did not expect I would be able to do. Or I guess it is kind of fall-ish now, so that, you know, mm-hmm. holidays, Thanksgiving-ish uh, is when I'm hoping to get it out. The official first day of fall is Saturday. Okay, yes. I'm hoping yeah. to get it out for the holidays, so... But that requires me to finish the thing, mm-hmm. which I didn't think, since I didn't think I could get it out, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting to, so all of a sudden I'm just thra- frantically throwing words at it, going, yeah. you know, come on, book, you can you can be done, and it's so long. This is This is how you always get towards the end of a book anyway, though. Yeah, but it's 110,000 words. Yeah. I mean, Clockwork Boys was 150-something, but... Yeah, it's it's not gonna be quite that long, but yeah, yeah. There is a point at the end of a project where I am like, this thing is coming out one way or the other, and I am just you know slathering words on. And the past two days, I have literally gotten up in the middle of the night, walked down, written a thousand words at like two, three a.m. I'm unconscious. Yeah, doesn't affect me at all. So it's just I'm laying there thinking, oh, that's the thing that happens next. Okay, I could lay here not sleeping, thinking about the thing that happens next in the story, or I could just go write the bloody thing, and then maybe I could go to sleep. And I've I've had that with with technical stuff as well, where it's like, oh, I suddenly know the answer to this problem. For me, it's a lot easier to jot myself a note and then just roll over knowing it's right there. For you, it's a lot harder, because I know once you put it to paper, whether it's an outline or just bullet points, then your brain sort of considers it done. Uh, it can, yes. Yeah. Either I have to have just the barest bones things, which is uh, they run into three paladins who give them a lift to the next town, and that's okay, or yeah. I have to sit and write the goddamn thing. Right. Right. And still, though, back to my main point, having an unexpected like life event like, I don't know, a hurricane dropping down, or... Uh, you know, your fridge going out. Oh, that completely destroyed last week's productivity. Yeah. I got nothing done. Yeah, no, between between the hurricane and I think we spent pretty much Sunday dealing with the fridge. Yeah. You know, that was there was there were other things I think that we could have done, but really Sunday was all about getting a temporary fridge, which will become seed storage later. Yes, I'd been wanting to get a little dorm fridge because uh, collecting heirloom beans is like my weird-ass hobby. And... They store better when refrigerated. They last longer. So I'd been thinking, eh, I should get one. But I had done it. And then all of a sudden we needed a dorm fridge. I'm like, well, I can totally justify this because I wanted to get one anyway. Mm-hmm. So now it's a hobby expense that we happen to be living out of until they can deliver the fridge. Tomorrow. They deliver the fridge tomorrow, which yes. is great. But that really kind of threw like everything off balance for the weekend. Yeah, and then we, yeah, because, I mean, our food was mm-hmm. questionable. Oh, we, like, the pickles were fine, but we had to get rid of so many condiments. There were hot sauces that had to go. There were beers that had to go. There were uh, things that were just not going to make it like the mayonnaise, right? Mayonnaise approaching room temperature for long periods for a couple hours is maybe not necessarily danger zone, but I like to go better safe than sorry. And the thing is, it's mayonnaise. It costs 99 cents. Right. You know, it's yeah. I'm not going to risk food poisoning eating tepid mayonnaise when 
I I can get it super cheap and it's it's fine. Yeah, the the cans of local beers that we reviewed on the on uh, Eat Cheap that were meh, but were kind of nice to have around if I just or a guest wanted a beer, those can go. But like the Mothman beer that we can only get in West Virginia, that one kind of had to stay. Darn, I was forced to drink a bottle of single edition Guinness from 2014 that I had been saving. For, Twisted his arm. Yes, for a special occasion. Which happened to be the fridge dying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, so, you know, we yeah. lived through the hurricane. We got mm-hmm. everything done. We got the fridge sorted. I found another floor model yeah. for $800 off because my stupid superpower is the location of floor models that when you ask about them, the people are like, wow. Okay, this says it's in the system, but the vendor... Wait, I have to call the vendor directly to order? The vendor doesn't know where they... Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Do we have a box for this? Anyway, the long and the short of it is, I got that fridge for quite a deal. Yeah, you, we, we got a discount on it, which is nice. And that, that helps kind of settle things once it was all taken care of. And it's like, okay, all we have to do now is get through till Thursday when the new fridge arrives. And suddenly my regular productivity is back. Yes. Right? Because now I don't have to worry about it. That was one of the things I found really frustrating about... Uh, the hurricane, and this is such a privileged position to be able to take because yes. uh, there are people down east who are underwater still. Yes, so and will is, be for a while. This is not a suffering mm-hmm. thing. This is just uh, any big weather event like this, when exactly is it over? And yeah. Because I, I really found myself wanting like a hard cutoff line of the storm is now over and life is now normal again. And mm-hmm. The first sunny day would have been fine, except I still couldn't find half and half anywhere in town. Right. And wound up with, you know, whipping cream. heavy whipping cream from the co-op that had like two days before it expired. And it's it was hard to sort of find a cutoff line after which, you know, weird event is over, now life returns to normal. It did not have a neat and tidy ending because the storm is still was rolling around, we were in this weird sort of center as it kind of did a, a, a half circle around us. Yeah, the the storm, the bulk of the storm broke apart, but the big weather system that it dragged in with us just took three days to go over us. Yeah, and even after the weather was gone, everything was still strange, and it was still hard to find gas. Right. And it was, I mean, it's over now, but there were a couple of days where I was like, are we done? Is it, is this... Is the storm done? Are we over? There was, and there was a much harder line for me for Fran back in '96 because Fran was a Category Three, did a direct hit. The eye traveled straight through Raleigh and then Cary, where I was living at the time, with my ex-wife, and so there was there was actually a very hard line around. Okay, here's the storm is here, the eye is here, the storm is gone. The next morning was possibly one of the most beautiful days I've ever, you know, experienced. It really seems to be that way the day after a big hurricane like that. This one wasn't, it was still humid as death. Well, it, it instead of maintaining shape until it got through, it fell apart. It just yeah. couldn't maintain once it, it hit landfall. Uh, but uh, but there, it mm-hmm. didn't need a shape to dump an 
ash ton of rain. I mean, we got but, 10 inches, so. Yeah, and that's, from my experience, that sort of a, a system, the way this one came through, very unusual. Anyway, Fran, it was a lot easier because the day after we didn't have power, but it was gorgeous and it was like peaceful. Everything was done, right? So now it was mostly uh, waiting for power to be restored and for roads to be cleared. And because we lived in an apartment complex right next to a post office and across the street from a big shopping center, we had power, I think, in the first 12 hours yeah. after, after dawn. So it wasn't. There was a very clear line where, well, storm is definitely over for us. There are people who the storm wasn't technically over for about three weeks. Those were people who lived down the road from where we are now who didn't have power uh, or water for uh, almost three weeks, right? So they were making use of, uh, we all, I worked at IBM, IBM had a gym. They opened it up to everyone, not just employees, but to the contractors, anyone who basically had a badge could bring their family into shower and that sort of thing, which was really nice. Not that I needed it. And again, you know, a big ice storm, really easy to tell. Start of the storm is when the ice starts falling. End of the storm is when the melt's gone, when the right. roads are passable, really. As far as I'm concerned, the end of the storm is when I can drive my sports car on roads without having to worry about going sideways at three miles an hour. Yeah, it's... It this one was just sort of ill-defined and that because you get in the the disaster headspace then when the disaster is not there or really even the crisis headspace it's yeah. it's nice to have a, a distinctive end point to a crisis and frequently god knows we don't get that and even more i think we should emphasize that again we're very privileged we're very lucky and our life returned to normal relatively quickly with very few problems yeah, there are people who are going to be suffering this for months, and in fact, if you have the ability uh, to donate money, um, th they're taking big hurricane donation relief things here in town. I'll, I'll uh, actually put a link in the show notes for the places, the like the big aggregate that one of the local TV stations put together. Yeah. And despite a lot of my complaining about, say, their morning show and how they do a lot of stuff that's a little over-sensationalized because they have to maintain ratings, yada, 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 it's been so much worse since CBS bought them. Anyway, all that being said, their weather department has always been really good, and they are really tied in with the community. And so I have no problems linking to these sorts of resources. Yeah, and, and I mean... It's really ugly down south. They uh, the cleanup. This hit uh, major hog areas, yeah. which mean hog waste lagoons mm -hmm. have breached. They flooded. It took out uh, again. I want to add again. It did this in Fran. It's done it. It I believe it did it with um, Floyd. Anytime it floods down there. Again, if you get me started on industrial farming yeah. problems, we will be here all night. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of the farmers who were working for the commercial chicken thing also just lost their entire flock. Yeah, and yeah. this is because of the terrible way that that the vertical integration systems work for chicken farming, which is nightmarish and basically indentured servitude for the people who raise chickens. Mm -hmm. uh, they're boned. It's just, yeah. and I don't like anything about commercial chicken raising, but 
I those people did not deserve what is going to happen to them. So yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be an economic disaster that it will take, and an ecological and an ecological disaster, and it's going to take years to I to recover from. I think it probably took at least a decade to recover from Fran down there. Yeah, I'm. You know, so. It's nasty. It's nasty. Anyway, anyway, so on that happy note. Well, these are the, but these are the things that you know. When I'm putting together these episodes, mm-hmm. when I'm thinking about what I'm doing day to day, there is this buzz, this undercurrent of what is going on. What are these other things happening while we are while I'm trying to get work done? And today, you've actually had to deal with another thing. Uh, which other thing was that? The fact that your wife keeps dragging you upstairs every 20 minutes to look at a cover design? Yeah, but that's, that's, for me, that's normal. That's a normal <laughs> level interruption. It's like, pardon this. It's like when the dogs want to go out. Yeah. Oh, no, that's know, fine. When the dogs, it's like, you know, there's a scratching at my door. And instead of it being Lacey going, I really need to go out and pee. It's you standing there going, can you come up and look at my cover and tell me how it looks? Yeah, the thing is, I don't say it like that. I'm like, you, cover, opinion. I know what God, you... God, why? I, I I know what you mean, because <laughs> when Art Brain is fully engaged the way it has been for the last day or two... Which is funny, because I'm still... I, I'm writing so many words, and then I'm doing, like, hard art to get this done, and yeah. it's all the fiddly graphic design. I have looked at this for days, and I don't know what anything looks like anymore thing. And fonts. Oh, God, the fonts. Uh... I, it's amazing I have any words left, and when I am working very hard on art thing, word brain does not word. Kevin no. came in and was like, do you want to go to a restaurant for food? And I'm like, uh, uh. I think it was sort of along the lines of food, good, look at cover. Yeah, and then you were like, do, do you, do you, like, go, go get, go to a restaurant and get food. That's fine. I don't think you were that coherent. Yeah, well, that was what I was thinking. I don't know what words were coming out of my mouth. And finally, you were like, do you just want us to go out of the house and leave you alone? I'm like, do not care how food comes. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's basically like talking to the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's, that's, I that's how it rolls. like Dr. Banner a lot. Yeah. So that. Only dateable member of the Avengers. Yeah. That brings us to the. To I mean, the... if you're a straight woman. Okay, <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave that one be. Leave that one be. Yes. So I had a couple a couple things come up today. Somebody was asking about, hey, have I found any good planner pages? And the answer is, they seem to all be the same, almost down to the fonts with with varying design differences that are minimi- minimal and and fiddly. So. I don't have anything really earth-shaking to come and and share with people. I did get some presents this uh, over the past month or so. Oh, which was interesting. First off, nice. yeah, um, Teresa Colon, mm-hmm. whose book uh, devotional "Seeing Ourselves Through God's Eyes" finally came out in print. Print, and she was very kind to send me a copy with a note. Um, and the note is. Um, 
I'm still overwhelmed that you found my little post on refusing to set goals and so generously shared your platform with me. Our interview gave me the confidence I needed to move forward with devotional so you could rightly say you had a hand in it. Sincerely, Teresa. And I'm just, I'm really proud of her. I mean, the work she was, she's doing is phenomenal, but I, I, getting a book out, even, uh, you know, it's a small devotional, but even a devotional, that's a big deal. And oh, so, yeah, you're, you know, I, sh- I do not mock anyone no, getting a book no. out through any platform that yep. is that doing that right is hard work. Yep. And so Teresa, the congratulations. Thank you for the both digital copy that I think we gave away like two months ago, <laughs> as well as this print copy. I am incredibly grateful uh, and still grateful that you came on the show. Uh, so thank you very much for that. And then uh, Bill and Laura, who I had on the show last month, oh, yes. earlier this month, had sent me some things they found while perusing their local shop. I have here stickers. I have a uh, uh, a superstar. It's it's a stack of eight badges to, to stick on people. And I don't know what all of them are, but they're certainly uh, like superstar. And I see some others under there. So, but they're the, they're really big. Like you could wear them on your chest or something. Not, they're not really planner stickers. Now the planet, like it's hot 753 or 50 or 500, ah, 537 piece sticker book. This is kind of cool. Cause it's got, I mean, it's got, you know, the usual stuff, but it's got little stickers for days. It's got stickers to, for shopping lists and notes and to-do lists. And it's not just one book of the same stickers over and over and over again. I mean, it's, there's a lot of variety in here. And so I'm reasonably impressed with that. And then there's some nice happy face stickers. Ooh, happy faces. For, you know, and uh, finally, this one I believe is more you because <laughs> it's uh, girl boss. You go girl, plan on it. Make ideas happen. I can and I will, although I kind of like that one. Uh, but the you girl don't have to conform to gender stereotypes. You can you can say you go girl to yourself. I could. I do not self-identify that way, so it feels awkward. The same as using girl boss in reference to myself. Ah, yeah. Yeah. You could give them to the chicken. I could. Yes. I don't think they would handle the weather. <laughs> the the one here, which is a picture of a planner that says "Planners got a plan." Now that one. <laughs> that one, that one's probably going in one of my my dividers in my planner. So that's that. Awesome. Awesome. So Are we move into the interview. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna go ahead and transition over to the interview with Dylan. Jacob is upstairs doing his homework. So we don't need to interrupt. That. We I don't want to interrupt him. He's got to read fifty some pages for environmental science tonight. So it's like a a case study not like a legal case thing that he's they're they're covering and i'm like you know what ap environmental science you you have fun with that i'm gonna go do my little podcast and, and thing. <laughs> so uh let's go talk to dylan right after this break Hi folks, 
So we have a return guest. This is, I think, our second return guest. This is uh, Dylan Wybanks, uh, who was on the show about this time. Wilbanks, dude. Wilbanks. My last name is Wilbanks. Dang it. You're in North Carolina. Everything's called Wilbanks in North Carolina. Not everything. Fine. Do, fine. do you want me to go redo it? I mean, we can we can start it over. No, no. We're, no okay, okay. We're going to keep going. We're, we're going to keep, keep going. going. Okay. We're going to own the mistake and move on. On, go, the, go, on go. the mistake and move on. All right. So Dylan Wilbanks, who was on the show last year, and he's coming back, and we're going to go through everything a second time and see how things have changed, really, in the last year. Because since last year, he's had some job changes and a couple of life changes to go with that. And it'll be really interesting to see how things are done now. Also, we aren't in a coffee shop this time. We are doing it over Hangouts. So the audio is significantly better, I hope. Right? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. And also, it's significantly better, and there's significantly fewer abortion protesters. Oh, significantly fewer abortion protesters, yes. Yes. Yeah. That was that was one of the big... That was a hell of a, th- a, hell of a thing, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, Dylan, um, can you... Introduce yourself a little better than I have, and tell us a little bit about what you do. Now, sure thing, Kyvan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dylan Wilbanks. Mm-hmm. I am a user experience designer, developer, director. Uh, I always like to say um, ra- uh, roused about and curmudgeon. I guess get thrown into that list too. I've been doing this for about. Oh, almost 20 years now. I started off as a web designer, web developer, and now I do user experience. I'm currently working at a big enterprise software company that does, and I'm not going to bore anybody by saying S4 HANA uh, migration uh, projects. Right. But they do they do S4 HANA. And I, so I'm working on a lot of, a lot of software related to um, data governance, data migration, et cetera. So, and I'm, essentially the director of user experience for them now. And it's a hundred percent remote company based out of Massachusetts. Um, I've got a small team and um, you know, it's, it's good fun to do, you know, user experience is a fun thing to do, at least for me, because I get to get out, talk to people, learn how, how people work, how they, how their flow state works and where they get hung up, where they have their hitches and how we make, better software for people to solve everyday problems. I mean, I talk a lot of my big phrase is making the complicated understandable. And that's the great problem with enterprise is it's complicated. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's gotta be understandable for people. So yeah. And I'm still in Seattle, Mm -hmm. um, at least for as long as I can stand being here. (laughs) I love this town. But it's driving me nuts lately because, oh my gosh, we are all so rich. Oh yeah, kind of getting weird. Yes, yeah. but good fun. Oh yeah, good no, I, I love it. I haven't been I haven't been back since uh, I guess last year um, yeah. when I last saw you because you know in between then and now I had my job change and I'm not required to fly out there multiple times a year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which right. which I figure is actually pretty nice because on one hand because you don't have to do the flight but you know we do miss you so oh yeah no i i, I want to go and visit all my friends now it's just figuring out how to do that and still maintain my remote work schedule since everybody on my team is east coast now yeah yeah so I'm suffering from that too because most of my team is east coast as well so. oh so you have the yeah yeah 
Um, so with that, actually, and with the time zone differences, how do you keep yourself organized? So I wouldn't say my organization's that much better from last year. Um, I'm still very much an Excel spreadsheet person. I'm still very much a note writer, list maker. Um, the big thing for me is I'm getting older and I'm having to make sure things get written down. Mm -hmm. um, one of the big changes is now that I work entirely remote. I mean, last year I was, you know, I've broken off. I'd, I'd done my own thing. But the best thing I did out of my year of running my own company was I bought a whiteboard. And it's mounted next to my desk. So it's become kind of the giant wall of everything from here's the work that I need to make sure gets into our system so that we right. actually have a track to let me literally pick up the camera off the top of my giant monitor and point it at the screen so you understand exactly what I'm saying you should do for this design. So <laughs> it's made a, you know, yeah, it's yeah. made a huge difference. So, um, What's been interesting for me has been the organization is young mm -hmm. and is still learning how to organize itself. So I may not be the most organized person in the world, but I've built software and I've designed software. So a lot of what I do is, okay, and so you need to write something like this. You need to do something like this. Right. And the nice thing about that has been that the it's helping me rem remember why I do particular things, why I make lists of here are the deliverables and here's when they're going to happen. Um, here are the dates. Here are the milestones we need to have. Um, this is how you write a user story. The sort of organizational pieces I need, it's mm -hmm. taught me how to, how to, and reminded me how to do that and why I do it in the first place. Right on. Um, and so, I, I, and I gotta, I gotta say this. I bought a, and I haven't found a spot on the wall big enough for it yet. I have a roll of stick on, uh, whiteboard, basically paper of, of whiteboard. Mm. It's, um, something like 72 inches long. Oh, nice. So, yeah, 17 by 78 inches. Sorry. Uh, and I, but I don't have any wall space to, I, I'm trying to figure out what wall to put it on. I'm like, but I'll have to move art. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What helped, what helped me is I took over the downstairs bedroom. Right. Uh, we have a daylight basement down here and we weren't really using it for much of anything except for storing crap. Okay. So they're taking things off the wall. Wasn't that big of a deal. And it was actually fairly easy to mount it. Despite the fact, apparently when granddad built this place, he, he built, he got the most solid, <laughs> wood paneling you could imagine for 1970 so, it's, so it took a lot of work to get those screws <laughs> so it's not like it's not like the sort of veneer stuff my my mom and dad had this is like planks this is like oh, this yeah this is hardcore plank yeah yeah, yeah it's I mean, like it's not it's not inch thick sort of stuff but it's it's solid yeah so yeah and then I painted it. So I'm thinking granddad is really mad wherever he is, you know. Man, I put all that work into that wood and polishing it and all that. And look at what he's done to it. I made it green. What a bastard. There you go. What? Well, you know, whatever works. Tough luck for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My place now, dude. That's right. You sold it 30 years ago. Anyway, um, so on top of that, what systems and habits are valuable to you? And I know we talked some last year about how um, 
you were using habits, I think, to manage some of your uh, ADHD. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what's important now? How has that changed? If it's changed, you know, things like that. I, because I've moved to being more remote and having a remote team, it's it's affected the way I do particular things. Now, mm-hmm. you know, one is I'm West Coast. A lot of the team is East Coast or Europe. So being used to the fact that by the time I get started for the day, and I, I usually start about 7.30 in the morning, which is a huge change for me. All right. I'm, I'm a Seattle techie. I, you know, I don't start before 10. But I'm starting at 7.30 or 8 because of this. But it hasn't been bad because it also means I can knock off earlier. And mm-hmm. the, But it's also meant that I've had to learn how to be very structured in terms of how I'm going to communicate. And that means I have to be very structured in terms of how I function. Mm-hmm. And I have to be very transparent and open about it. So, for example, you know, one of... I, I'm very used to making these spreadsheets and showing people what's going on. So there, there's a lot of over-communication over there. What I've also had to learn is I, I literally have to write things down in a public place for people to understand that. So those sort of changes are helping me in a sense with my ADHD. It hasn't mm-hmm. attenuated it that much. And, you know, but it's it's at least allowed me to force a certain amount of structure because I need that structure to communicate with people. I think also another big change for me this year has been to that. I've, I trying to do a lot more in terms of my mental health Mm -hmm. and doing a lot more in terms of getting my head in a better place in terms of what I do. I could tell you one of the great, and I think I said this last time, one of the designers greatest problems is imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, I talk about the idea that with, with young designers of like, how many, how long does it take you between when you get an assignment and when you start working on it? Because usually, for most people, that's the span when the imposter syndrome is really hitting. It's that mm-hmm. sort of, I don't know if I can actually do this. And then you sit down and start doing the work, and it happens. So I've over the years I've contracted that, but it hasn't really gone away. The big change for me of all this is having to essentially restructure my day and make it so that those periods fall not in the afternoons because the nice thing about working in the afternoon is I don't have any meetings because most everybody's East coast. So I have, you know, you know, unadult, you know, untouched design time where if I've worked through the problems in my head before then, then I can usually just blow through what I need fairly quickly. Yeah, because by two in the afternoon, most of them are like, "Well, I've got traffic. I got to head home. I got to, you know, uh, you know, I have to go pick up the kids. All that stuff." Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, two p.m. your time, I should say. Other, yeah, exactly. All the other thing that's really changed for me this year is over the last year has been. I grew up in a in a workaholic family. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my father was a you know. He worked 90 hours the week he died. I mean, he, you know, there was a certain level of if you aren't doing the work, you aren't any good. So I, I got to this belief that if I wasn't, if every single minute of work was not going directly to my employer's bottom line, mm-hmm. then I was clearly a failure as a human being. 
which led to a lot of, you know, it's been one of the reasons why burnout is pretty common with me. Yeah. One of the things I've learned from talking to people is most people don't work eight hours a day. No. Most people work, you know, more like four or five hours a day and or less sometimes because of everything else going on. And so my feeling that I, I was not productive at getting the six hours I was getting in, it's like, no, 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 no. You're like three times as productive as a good employee. And it's like, oh, okay. So having to learn how to say, take that step back. You know, I'm, I think last year I mentioned the whole, I make the list of three and I try to do three things mm-hmm. a day. I still do that. Okay. But for me, it's very much about what do I keep the ball moving forward on? And the funny thing is, the more that I've relaxed and the more that I've said, I just want to do the work that needs to happen, the better my timeline has gotten. Like, for instance, I was doing, the, I did this math this week and discovered that as our, our little design team is about four weeks ahead of death right now. And <laughs> probably by the end of the year, it's going to be closer to eight. And that's ridiculous. That's, that is pretty, that's, that's insane. Yeah. But the reason is I've been very structured about how we've been doing things. I've been very, um, the other thing, very old, so I forget words. I've been very intentional mm-hmm. about the things that we do. And I don't want to waste effort on things that should not be wasted on, knowing full well that as designers, we live in a quantum world. Yeah. You have to think about 20 different outcomes at a given time. And that's okay. We can design for all 20, but we're only going to pick two in the end. But that sort of facilitation of the organization, especially remote, has led to me being a better facilitator of my own right. work board. So, you know, that's been it's it's been it's it's been kind of an interesting change for me that I finally got to this point where it's like, no, actually, most humans don't work 80 hours a week. Where did you get that idea okay. from? I mean, my favorite, and I'll stop rambling after this one. My favorite was they were they did a, they were doing a study of medieval peasants, mm-hmm. and serfs, and they were finding that for the most part they worked six hours a day, and there were long spans of the year where they didn't do anything. Like September, half the reason why major festivals existed was to basically keep them from rebelling and going crazy right? because they were yeah. they were bored, and it's like. So what you're telling me is that these people were doing backbreaking work for six hours a day and not 10 or 12. Silicon Valley has lied to me. The Silicon Valley is not the only one that's lied to us. So, exactly. yeah. You know, or his over <laughs> they've lied to they lied to me through song. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's, you still have that danger working from home, right? That, well, oh, it's yeah. right here and it isn't quite time to make dinner yet. So maybe I'll do one more thing. And that one thing might take an hour and then it's 10 o'clock at night. Yes. And part of it for me has been embracing the fact that I don't necessarily have to work a normal eight hour shift. Mm-hmm. I can move that around. But as part of that deal, I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays anymore, period, you know. 
And even when I work at night, I will knock off early and I'll tell the boss I knock off early. And hell, I mean, I hate to say this on a public podcast, but when most of the organization is starting to shut themselves down around five o'clock in the afternoon on the East Coast, mm-hmm. it's two o'clock here. So, yeah, I could, I do side work during that two to five block, but I wouldn't say I always do design in the two to five block. Yeah. And I will also say that I've worked enough tech companies where I can tell you not a, not a lot of stuff happens in that two to five block either. So. <laughs> not not on a normal day, no. No, no, no. I mean, we used to, you know, one point seven is that we used to play um, Rocket League on on Thursday afternoons at like three thirty. And right, yeah, I think somebody can be like, should you should you all be working? It's like we are. This is yeah, no. That that goes to my wired developer slash sysadmin or whatever should be goofing off. Right. Yeah, they have to be. No. Well, the the if they're, if they're yeah, it's the fireman theory. If if you have to, if you you believe your people have to be busy and they have to be going, just go 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 go. And it's somebody like a sysadmin or a designer or something like that. You you're not you're not thinking of it the right order. Like, do you complain when the firemen are out back playing basketball? Absolutely yeah. not, because that means there are no fires, there's no emergencies, the engines are all taken care of, and you know all the other work that needs to be done is probably done, so let them play basketball. You want the firemen to be in a space where they can play basketball. Mm-hmm. You want your sysadmins or your designers or your developers to be in a place where if they, need, if they take an hour to read you know, a RSS feed of a tech journal or something like that, that they have that space, and it's not just, why are you not working? yeah the um and i'll mention since we're completely off the rails at this point not completely uh, so naomi osaka who won the u.s open for women right this in 2018 i was reading a piece about her and her work ethic she spends four hours a day practicing technique all the sort of stuff you need to do for tennis and then she goes home and gets on the Xbox. Right and on. It has nothing to do with tennis. And, you know, study after study has shown this. I mean, the LeBron James sleeps 10 hours a night. Uh, you know, these people, they, they, these people at the top of their games, yeah, they have mm-hmm. talent, so it, it helps. But at the same time, they're also learning that the level of practice and intensity you need to do is not practice till you die. It's understand it, get yourself ready for the fact that you're going to have to go do the big one. Um, right. I think we live in this world where, you know, you know, it is the problem with the firemen. It's like, we live in a world where we're like, if the firemen aren't out every damn day, then something's clearly you know wrong with the firemen. But it's like, no, actually that's good because it means the firemen don't have to go out and fight the fires, but they're ready. Yeah. And they train. <clears throat> Oh yeah, no, I, and I, I have a friend who's actually, uh, I believe he's finished his captain's exam for one of the local um, uh, fire departments, and yeah, no, he's uh, there. There is training that happens every day, whether it's um, actual, you know, training on materials, whether it's uh, uh, you know doing a practice burn, uh, or whether it's just you know uh, leg day, right? There's some yeah. sort of training going on. Don't skip fireman's leg day. There you go. So. Whatever that is. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll ask him next time I see him. I haven't talked to him in a little bit. Um, yeah. So, and here's a new question that wasn't on last year's, because uh, I think we just did okay. the systems and habits. Um, 
Uh, how do you side, decide what to do first on a given day? So I have in my head and on paper a list of things that should happen by the end of the day. Okay. I don't always have the ability to dictate that, though, because, again, I wake up at 7, you know, I get on at 7.38 in the morning, and then I end up in the bombardment of meetings during that. I know the feeling, yes. So it's like, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Meetings. Um, what do I do after that? Uh, typically, what I look at is what I, 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 you know, I moved the design team into JIRA, which, as we all know, JIRA is the worst of all ticketing systems with the exception of all the other ones. I, I was going to say, yeah, there, if if there was the, the problem when you talk about JIRA as the best of breed is we're talking about backyard <laughs> junk breeds to begin with. Right. Yeah. And so best of yeah. breed is 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 not, shall we say, the the high market should be. On the other hand, we don't use gear at my new job and I miss it. Yeah. I feel terrible it's, about that. It's like it's like best of breed and poison ivy or something. Yeah, know? something like it's, that. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible and you don't know why you still like it. It's pretty and it also makes you itch, but part of what I've been doing <laughs> I've gone back and forth on, you'll talk to designers who will tell you how much they hate Jira and how much they hate Agile, how much they hate Scrum. And I'm, I'm ambivalent about it. But the big thing for me is I need to be able to look at a list and have it be transparent and public and say, here are the next items up and here's what goes after that. Right. So when I decide the first thing to do, which is I usually the first thing I do is look at my schedule. Like how many meetings do I have this morning? Mm-hmm. And then answer everything comes in on Slack because everyone gets on at eight o'clock Eastern. Right. So my Slack at six fifteen in the morning is usually like completely blown up. And so there's the things, there's the little fires I put out. But then from then it's like, all right, what's the next deliverable? Where do we go from here? And making that time as well. I actually do in the calendar put in things like. I'm doing my Q4 planning and, and Q1 planning on research for, for our design team. And I need to make sure that I get this thing approved and all the way through sometime in the future. This is going to run at some other point. Right. I also know that, that I've got a dev who's, you know, chomping at the bit to get some work done. I think it's a design. So striking that balance, but at the same time going, no, 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 I'm actually going to block in the time to work on the future. And not worry about full tactics. I think last time mm-hmm. we talked a lot about strategy versus tactics. Yeah. And what I'm learning is in in that world, one of the nice things you can do is you can look at the strategic pieces that need to happen and make sure they get slotted into that mix with mm-hmm. all the random tactical stuff. And part of the reason why I've moved to this Jira Kanban style system is having that transparency of going, all right. Here are the next things on the stack. If you really absolutely positively need this now. Right. And, you know, I one of the big things I've taught this organization since coming in, and they hate me for sit for it, is the concept of force training. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm like, no, what happens is we are going to trade between the three side between the three sides of the iron triangle, between design, development, and and, and product and determine exactly what it is we're going to do. 
And there are going to be things where product is going to go, this is really important. We have to do it. And engineering is going to go, that's great. We can't do this and this. Or design is going to go, that's great, but it doesn't solve any of the problems you have here. And to be able to force that conversation and force compromise has been a big thing. And, you know, pushing that back down to myself has been a big thing as well. It's like mm-hmm. the more I make this, the better it is for me to learn which things are important and how to compromise as well. Right. You, you so, have to make those same trades on you, the personal stuff and the, the not work stuff that you have to make for the work stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, I'll, I'll tell you on top of all that, that the thing I should have done this summer is got my deck refinished. And I never got that done. And now the winter's coming and I go another year without getting a deck refinished. So my wife's going to kill me. So, ah, know. no, I, I understand. It's, that. Nice, it's been nice knowing you. That's, that's okay. Um, my deck is now 18 years old and we, I probably need to tear it down and, and have it replaced, except to do that, I would have to tear up all of her garden in the back. And I'm not about to do that. That that's deadlier than, I mean, my wife will kill me if I did, if I like tear up her garden. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I hear you. Mm-hmm. No, that's so what's the best advice or feedback you've been given? Um, ever, 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 ever in the last year, um, ever relating to, you know, whatever, whatever context floats your boat, long as we have the context and it isn't, you know, something off the wall that makes no sense in, in context of the conversation. So, well, you know, me, every, half the stuff doesn't make any sense in context of the conversation, but eventually I have to get around to it. That's fair. That's fair. You know, I think I think the biggest piece of advice for me the last mm-hmm. couple of years is you're, you know, there was a piece of advice I gave to somebody else, which was, you're better than you think. Yes. And, and you know, I, I, I gave that piece of advice to somebody who come in and interviewed and was clearly bombing out, but it was also clear that they were really talented. So looking at them going, you're better than you think. It's like, you're not doing a good enough job representing your true self. Mm-hmm. Like what you are and are not capable of. And I will say I've suffered from the same problem. You know, I, you know, we won't go into a three and a half hour dissertation of Dylan's entire childhood growing up years. <laughs> but, you know, again, you know, I come by on imposter syndrome, honestly, mm-hmm. I am, I was a smart kid in the class who then got into the harder classes and suddenly, you know, slammed into the wall because he never learned how to do the work. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, my confidence was already shattered and it just kept breaking in the smaller and smaller granules. And what I've learned is I'm actually pretty good at what I do mm-hmm. and I need to own that. Back. And that, not only am I good at what I do, that, and that I should own that fact, but this should be something that I express with confidence. And being confident is not being cocky. So, and there's a distinct difference there. There really is. Yeah, I was thinking about that recently with my writing, for instance. I I had teachers in high school told me I couldn't write. Um, you know, you you can't mm-hmm. write a paper. You can't write this. You can't write that. Well, you know, now I'm in this point where 
you know, I put something up on Medium and I get like, you know, 11 billion, you know, clicks or whatever. And it's not because I'm writing things that are clickbait. It's because apparently I do know how to write. Um, and and your writing resonates with people. I think that's an important thing too. Yeah. And I said as well that that you can hear that bad message, but eventually you need to hear, listen to the good messages as well, mm-hmm. because people aren't always there trying to butter you up and try to get something out of you. They may actually be speaking from, this is, this is the honest truth. You know, I, every once in a while, I'll put the burnout thing back out there on Twitter and they retweet it. Right. And in doing that, I'll always get this weird stream of people on the back channel going, oh, my God, I read that. That's totally me. What am I supposed to do? Oh, my God, that totally resonated with me. And learning over time Mm -hmm. that, of course, it did. Because you spoke your truth, and they heard their own truth in it. So, you know, it comes back to my own personal organization. I'm a shitty, I'm shitty at organization, which is amazing given that I'm an information architect and designer. <laughs> but I also know I'm better organized than I think I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a list maker. I, I have structure. I believe heavily in being public about the work that I do and be very transparent about it. I own my mistakes and I try to make myself be better. And it's like, I, I talk about all those things that I do. And I talk to mm-hmm. the a random person. But like, you sound really organized. And anyway, the back of my head, I'm like, I don't even remember what I'm supposed to do tomorrow. What the hell am I going to do with my life? That's, but that's why oh, you wrote it down. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly why they write it down. So, mm-hmm. All right. Um, two questions left. And now, unlike last year, now we have a choice. Do you want the fun one or the not fun one first? Um. The not fun one. The not fun one is how do you deal with failure when you miss a goal? That is actually, let's do that one first. Okay. Because that, that's more painful. Let's get the let's get the pain out. I, I've noticed a lot of people are like, yeah, let's just tear off that bandage and get it get it get through this one. Here's my arm. Stab me with that hypodermic needle right now. <laughs> um you know, I like I've said, I I was always, you know, you're a kid of ADHD. Mm-hmm. Things that always work the way they think they do. People tell you how horrible you are about about your organization, the way you do things, and everything else. It just becomes that track, you know, the, the voice. Right. What I've learned is, and this is something I'm actually learning more and more from. So my kid is non-binary. Right. Um, you know, they've decided to be they them, and I've been. You know, listening more and more to people who are non-binary, trans, et cetera, et cetera. And one of the things that always comes up is pronouns. Oh, yeah. And if I were to call my kid a she, well, she's doing this. Well, no, no, it's they. Mm-hmm. Say, the correct answer is, oh, okay, I apologize, they. And they just keep going and use it, and use it correctly from then on. Instead of it turning into... A fifteen-minute splaying of the entire of your entire personal history of dealing with people and having to prove your bona fides and everything else. Like, no, you literally go, "Yeah, I screwed that up. Let's keep going." Yeah, and yeah. you know that little thing has actually helped me a lot because it's gotten me to the point of like, you know what? 
I made this list of things that need to happen. I screwed that up. Or, you know, I the other day, I inadvertently wrote backwards the agreement we had around something we were building and had the search the, the search pattern in reverse. And eventually I talked it through and I'm like, crap, I wrote that wrong. I apologize. I'm changing it. Use that. Yeah. But not about it being, you know, dramatic or whatever. It's like, you're going to make mistakes. You need to accept the fact you're going to make mistakes. The best thing you can do is acknowledge your mistake, determine if you've hurt anybody and deal with that. And after that, don't do it again or do something different. Right. Uh, and that's, I think and that's a, a tricky thing. Yeah. I mean, it's tricky because we, you know, we live in a society with guilt and shame. And if I make one mistake at work, they're going to fire me, which 98% of the time is true. The other 2% you never, why are you even working for them anyway? Right. So, you know, it's, I, I you know I've been, one of the things I, t- I told when I interviewed to come into this job was I don't believe my job as a designer is to be God. I believe my job as a designer is to be the conductor. My job is to find the best ideas and amplify them mm-hmm. and bring everything together to make something more grand. But my job is not to be the person that comes down from on high and says, no, the persona must have a golden cow. <laughs> I have given you these 15, 10 commandments, sir. You know, I've given you these commandments, and that's not my job. My job is to find the best ideas, do the best job I can, and fuck up, and move on when I do. And make sure the rest of the organization behaves with that same level of confidence in their ability to fail and get back up again. You know, I, I don't I don't need, you know, I, I don't like assholes. I never have worked with like working with assholes, which is interesting because like we both share a former company that a lot of Oh them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Had a fair number, yeah. But just a few. Yes. But you know, I the thing that I want more and more out of the people I work with, the designers I hire, is that ability to be resilient and mm-hmm. that ability to go, okay, what went wrong? What could we do better next time? And not to be accusatory and just to be let do better and do the best you can do better next time find the mistakes that you made Mm -hmm. fix them do it differently and don't ever think about in the middle of the night what an utter failure you're on at this because the thing is if that's all humans were intended to do we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have evolved sleep you know (laughs) the entire the entire point of sleep is to clean your brain of all the random chemicals essentially to get cleared out at night and the reason that that's there is because if that doesn't happen you go insane oh yeah mostly because it's the it's the residue of every single guilt and shame piece that we've put in there so Uh, yeah no yeah. So. Sorry, I'm I'm still on the you're, you're not coming down on a high with with the thing, and all I I have in my mind is the first commandment is thou shalt always use material design. The second is thou shalt never use papyrus in a business sense, let alone ever. And just you know the ten design commandments on on writs of stone with you carrying them down the side of the mountain. Oh, I I could do that, but 
you know, I'm more of the Leviticus sort. I'm going to have 637 rules around. If thou, if thou presentest the design with common sands, thou shalt be taken outside of the camp and stoned. <laughs> along with the entire design team. Yeah. Yes, along with everyone who let it get that far. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, oh. If thou ask the, Thou asked to trend a pie chart. Thou shalt be taken outside of the kitchen. <laughs> True. Someone once asked me, can I get a trendy pie chart? I'm like, you can't trend the pie chart. Well, what if you could? It wouldn't be a pie chart. It would be something else. Yeah, that, that kind of breaks my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> all right. So now the fun question. Although that one was a really fun version of the what do you do when you fail question. Um how do you celebrate your success if you do celebrate your success? Um, I don't know if I even really celebrate my success well anymore. I think, you know, I'd say I'm really terrible at it, honestly, because I, I, I just keep charging forward. I mean, I think the, the residue of years of being a martyr, years of being a workaholic around the stuff is I, I, it's great. Thanks for telling me I'm awesome. I'm going to keep going forward. And my boss the other day was complimenting me on some major piece of work that we delivered. And I'm like, okay, where's the, but there's no, but I'm like, there's always a, but so, you know, I wouldn't say I'm perfect. I'd say it's, it's a residue. Most of my celebrations is just the, the, the momentary, uh, burst of happiness that happens as you drag a ticket into the dun bucket. Oh God, that's uh, such a great feeling. You know, and watching and watching the list grow and watching the list shrink. Um, the the feeling when the team basically gets together and goes, "Okay, we can do this. We don't need to have any more meetings." Right. That's, that's yeah. Another one of those. You know, I I'm kind of notorious for having a large brown liquor collection, but I don't really drink much of it anymore. And I think a lot of it is just, you know. I love my whiskeys. I love my bourbons. I love my rice. But what would you? I mean, if I drank every time I celebrated, you know, and I drank every time I was unhappy, well, I just turn into my alcoholic section of my family, pretty. Yeah, yeah. Really, because the unhappy part. But um, yeah, I, I, I will say I'm not great at celebrating my successes. Um, I'm kind of surprised you're throwing that you're saying this one is the fun question. You know, I'm I'm starting to wonder if I don't have those backwards. That okay. that if, if it isn't easier to talk about dealing with failure than it is with dealing with success. Because I think we we're trained, especially in the society, not to celebrate our successes because when we do, we're being cocky, you know. It's it's, it's Han Solo. Nice shooting kid. Now don't get now don't get cocky. And right. It, and I think at the same time, we we've been we've come through this with a sense of the work is where the real joy is. The joy is the friends you made along you met along the way. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but you know what also is the joy? Getting there. You know. Oh yeah. That feeling, you know, that feeling driving on vacation and you get to the hotel. And it doesn't matter that the hotel is not the Ritz Carlton. It's that feeling of, ah, I'm not driving. This room is air conditioned. There's a pool out there. I could order room service, perhaps. I'm in the mountains. That's good enough. That's joy, you know. That feeling of, I shipped this thing. I did this thing. I, 
I'll say the strangest little piece of joy I always still have in this city is mm-hmm. a decade ago, I helped, I was on the committee to redo the University of Washington logo and the, and the word mark. Oh, okay, yeah. And we picked a font, and it was a great font, but it had this problem where the ends just protruded below the baseline, just a little bit. Yeah. And it drove me nuts. I, to me, it looked like, like it looks like we're we're a vampire school. So I politely ask, could we trim like that bottom pixel off to make it actually meet the baseline? And then I think it'd be cool. And that became the logo. And so I'll go around town and I'll see it. And I'll look at the ends because that, that's the teller of me of like who made this logo? Because I know if it had the little ends the wrong way, they just grabbed the font and did it. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I and it's that sort of sense of like that little thing that's not there. That little thing is not there. That's me. That's me on on <laughs> half a million diplomas over the last ten years. That's me. <laughs> Making sure it and, all lines up properly. Yeah. That's why we don't look like a vampire school. And that sort of feeling of that's the weird feeling of accomplishment and all that, but there's little things like that. You know, the time that I solved a a CSS problem in a site. And I call it class duct tape, literally, mm-hmm. to solve it. The backup, it, if it didn't work behind it, was bailey wire. And that right. was on live on a site for almost for almost 20 years. <laughs> it was still in the code. Nice. It's little things like that where you're like, I solved a problem and it's permanent and you can see the work that I did. And that's kind of my mo- my highest level of joy. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I get far more joy in, you know, having a, Having a really, you know, smart and creative kid who's, you know, currently upstairs playing Splatoon 2 because they went to their, you know, alternative school in the city and they don't have any homework tonight because they went to the alternative school in the city. Right. They didn't want to have homework. And I was like, that's cool with me. Because, you know, find, find, define your own success. You know, I'd rather have that. Yeah. However, yeah, I yeah. don't want my kid to be more organized than I, I was at that age. Um, that's, um, that's, that's a different struggle. I'm working with my own my own youngest son on that one now. So yeah, yeah, I hear you. Of course, he's he's got two days off school now because there's a tropical storm outside. So you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then you know, on a tropical storms, the fun mm-hmm. of watching people, you know, on the news, and the power goes out for a week. And, Go start crazy. I, I mean, it was ice storms growing up for me in Oklahoma. Oh so. no, we we still get the ice storms uh, here, but uh, the the hurricanes used to be much more frequent. Yeah. So it's uh, it's all the new people on the coast who are who are this might be their first hurricane, and so it's very very exciting and very very scary. And for me, it's like yes, here's what we do to prepare every time that we keep around the house just in case all year round because. Hurricanes happen, right? So, yeah, 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 and you mm-hmm. know, it's we haven't had a windstorm here in over a decade, so I'm looking forward to everybody who's moved into the city since 2006. The next time we have a big windstorm, oh, and, yeah, that'll be fun. You know, the last time we had one, almost half the city lost power, <laughs> it was a mess. There, I mean, there were like there were yard. In diameter trees that were laying down the middle of the road. They just been completely pushed over by the wind. 
And I'm just thinking about all these kids who live in these little cardboard boxes next to Amazon. And just thinking about the fact that they're like, I have to go to work tomorrow because I work at Amazon. And it, the wind's blowing so hard. Those cars are literally being blown up the street. So I'm <laughs> yeah. looking forward to that. I'm going to enjoy every minute of that. I'm, I'm sure. Um, do you have anything you want to you promote or pimp or, or talk about? Because we're done with all the questions now. Yeah, we are. Um, I think I pimped last year. What did I pimp? Twitter account, Medium. That's Prob- probably about the best two things. All right. I'm still working on the book. I'm gonna. I've got a UX careers book that right on. is slowly getting processed, and hopefully it'll come out in 2019, and that'll solve a bunch of problems in the design world. But and everyone will give me money, and I'll be able to retire to a you know llama farm and in you know, Michigan or something. I'm, uh, I'm married to an author and, um, I, I doubt I, I have some, some concerns about the feasibility of this plan. I do too. I am also <laughs> married to an author. Yeah. Um, I'm not as successful as the author you were married to. So I've seen what that actually looks like in terms of royalty checks that arrive. And I go, Oh, well, I guess we're going to be able to, well, you know, get everyone get in the car, honey. We're going to go eat at McDonald's tonight. <laughs> so. No, 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 no McDonald's for us. Bojangles. Oh, right. So yes. Bojangles, you're in North Carolina. That's right. Or, you know, the, the one where it's like, oh, this is lovely. Um, so what you're saying is um, you want an extra shot of something in your latte. Yes. We can afford that now. Yeah, no. One time, though. <laughs> yes, that's that's how I, authors celebrate success is they see their royalty check and they, they go out and they have the, the extra shot of pumpkin spice in their latte because they can afford it just this one time. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they, you never see them frame their first dollar because it costs more to frame it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. so. It's always true. Yeah. I don't have a lot to pimp. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Sight. I mean, Dylan W on Twitter. Yep. You can find me on Medium the same way. I am working on a, a talk on burnout, hopefully for the design crowd in 2019. But mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how that goes. Yes. Um, I full on expect that I'm going to get told by every single conference. This is just too dark of a topic for us to talk about. Can't <laughs> you talk about like material design and why papyrus is a horrible fudge? Well, yeah. Or, or how to teach people who don't understand kerning, kerning, so that they can suffer for the rest of their lives just like you do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you, mean, you mean Kimmy. What? Kimmy. Oh, dear God. <laughs> what, you know, when the, the R and the N kern together. Yes, kern. yes, I got that. Okay. There yeah. we go, so... All right, man. Yeah. So, um, thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. I'm looking forward to the burnout talk next year. I really am. And uh, if no one takes you up on it at a conference, then we'll do a special episode. You can just present it here. Sounds good to me. All right, man. Always be happy to. (laughs) Great talking to you. Great talking to you. Thank you so much. And for the people at home, I'll be right back.
and we're back. And in the time it took me to do that entire interview with Dylan and all of that stuff, the dogs moved in and are now attempting to sit on Ursula's knee. So she has to to love both of them right now. Well, I Ernie would like love, but Ernie cannot have love if Hound does not have love because Hound is, of course, Hound and takes precedence over everything. Yes. Um, Hound is very pushy. She would be completely intolerable if she were human. We would detest her. We would. But as a dog, she is sweet and charming and good-natured and pushy and made of love. And I want to thank Dylan again for this revisit. It's I, I like going back and talking to people when they've had, you know, big changes since the last time we spoke. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's always a good time. <laughs> we issue open badges here. That is a badge image that you can take and put on other sites. It contains some metadata that explains where you got it and what you did to earn it. And so I'm, I'm really happy to offer those. We do it by entering a code. On the ProductivityAlchemy.com webpage, this week's code is WORKAHOLIC, all one word, no dashes, none of that extra stuff. And that will earn you the badge for episode 63, which I'm going to go be designing shortly after we're done recording. Can we watch a murder while you do We can absolutely do We that. have been watching Midsummer Murders again. Mm-hmm. We have. And it's, it's that's sort of the wind-down thing at the end of the day. Watch some Midsummer Murders... I might play a little desktop dungeon because that is my new thing, although Warhammer 40,000 Gladius is still right up there. I play a mobile game or something. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just sort of a way to let our let everything go uh, at the end of the day. So, and anyway. spend time together occasionally, you know, going, who do you think did it? Oh, man, we were both wrong. Yeah, um, we on, were. On, on at least on were we both wrong on both of them? Yes. I think we were. Yeah, it was it was a thing. It was a it was a terrible thing. Anyway. Yes, hound has this smooth. So yes, we're gonna go do that. Uh, I wanna thank Dylan again for coming back on the show. I wanna thank Teresa for the hard copy of her devotional. Bill and Laura for finding me a bunch of cool stickers to go in planners and things. On clearance, which is even better given the price tag on some of these. And Hound for being pushy and beautiful. Hound, Both hounds for being so lovable and for keeping us grounded and centered even when I'm busy trying to get something done and there's a dog pawing at me going, hey, 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 food yes, time. About you. So all that stuff. Thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you to everyone who is supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Ursula V. And the people who send me the occasional coffee at uh, ko-fi.com slash ksunny. And for everybody else who shares it and recommends it to friends and all that stuff, I love you guys. Any Every little bit of support, monetary or not, helps. And I really appreciate it. So that's that. Y'all have a good week. And... Stay productive. Woo! And dry. That dry is so... Much woo. Even much woo, more yeah. woo.